Have you ever been in an earthquake? Some of you say yes, others no. I have only been in one, and it was a very small earthquake. But it was very startling to feel the earth beneath my feet moving around, and to hear the sounds that just didn't sound normal, just the rocks and the things, and the the building beginning to creak and and to move. It's scary to be in an earthquake. Uh, Feeling this energy and the waves from it, it's a powerful experience. Uh, I hear that there is nothing as scary and as jarring than to be in an earthquake on the level of the one that took place in Japan just a few weeks ago. And if you look on uh, some of the news reports and if you hear uh, some of the, the people who talked about being there, these eyewitness accounts, they will tell you all kinds of scary stories. And this, in a, in a city or in different cities that were built for such earthquakes... Yet they would talk about the building swaying and moving like being on a ship and hearing horrible, terrible sounds as things were giving way and crumbling. It is scary. And you can ask anyone in Japan and find this to be true. Well, this morning, we come across another earthquake. There is an earthquake here in the gospel. Matthew describes it for us as the women are walking up to the tomb. They they hear this earthquake and they, they not only hear it, They feel it, and they give eyewitness accounts to what was taking place, that this was an earthquake that was mighty, but it was an introduction to something that was even more mighty, something that was even more powerful and stirring as it was taking place. Just to remind you, uh, I did a little uh, research to find out for sure that I knew what an earthquake was. I know what one feels like, but according to the dictionary, it is the result of a sudden release of energy in the earth's crust that creates seismic waves. Now, I looked at a lot of different definitions, but I think that one fits the best. It is a sudden release of energy in the Earth's crust that creates these seismic waves and these aftershocks that take place. The earthquake here at the tomb is different, though, than just a regular old earthquake. Uh, It is a positive kind. It is also similar that it, it has lingering aftershocks from the epicenter as they radiate out to other parts of the world. And for the next several weeks, we're going to look at how the aftershocks of the resurrection continue to go out to the rest of the world. Uh, And you can see in this picture, the the women, as they are discovering this first shocking moment as they walk up upon the empty tomb. But really, we could say that the revelation of the risen Jesus is the real earthquake. Or better yet, we could just call it an Easter quake. Because it is the point where heaven and earth collide. And they become the epicenter of activity. The cosmic shift at this epicenter was not so much destruction as it was construction. Providing brand new creation and producing lingering aftershocks from then on, even until today. What Mary and Mary walked up on that day was not just an earthquake. The rumblings beneath their feet were not just from the unstable geological environment down below. This shaking paled in comparison with the the rumblings of God's work through Jesus, clashing with the needs and the evil of the world, causing the the greatest upheaval in in the history of humankind. As Jesus greeted them that morning, and you can just imagine what that would be like, The disciples saw it as well as they they fell at His resurrected feet in worship. 
The love and grace of God had removed the lethal and the lasting sting of death and evil in this world. I mean, just hours before all this took place, they saw death. They saw the brutality and the violence of it all as Jesus, not only their rabbi, their friend, but their Savior, their hope of the world was hanging upon the cross. Heaven was shaking powerfully through the death and the resurrection with divine energy and love producing something brand new on earth. New creation. New life. A whole new way of living in this world. What took place with Jesus changed everything. Especially death. They experienced the greatest shift ever in all of creation as God was reconciling the world to Himself. I wonder who else felt the earth shaking that morning and just dismissed it. In that particular region, there are earthquakes that take place all the time. And I wonder who got up that morning and just thought, oh well, that's just another earthquake. We felt those tremors before. That's just something that happens all the time around here. I wonder who dismissed it. I wonder who dismisses it still today. I wonder who's waking up this morning not realizing what has taken place. I'm quite confident you have. You woke up and you uh, maybe did a little bit of Easter egg hunting. You know, that's what it's all about, right? No, no, no. But as you got up this morning, chances are you had a feeling of what it was all about. That there was something very different about this morning as you came to this place. But I wonder, have we truly noticed? Have we experienced and felt the dramatic shifting in the strata of our universe? Have we been shaken in such a way that our, our feet have been knocked out from under us to where our house is turned upside down and put in a brand new order? Have we experienced it with the, the foundations of our souls? It is so easy for us to move through life without knowing what God has done without taking time to even reflect upon it. Well, as Mary and Mary continue walking after this earthquake, what they discovered when the quake stopped was not only an empty tomb, but the whole, a whole brand new creation, or terra nova, if you will. Terra nova meaning a, a new land or fresh ground for them to walk on. And this is the best description of what these women discovered. I mean, it looked nothing like the ground and the world that they walked from as they stepped up there close to the empty tomb, as they discovered something brand new, it indeed was a whole new world. We can just imagine the sorrow in their hearts as they are walking up to the empty tomb. They had seen Jesus crucified. They saw Jesus taken down from the cross. They were there to help uh, prepare His, His body to be taken to the tomb. And you can just imagine the sorrow that is in their hearts. Their hopelessness. Their absolute shock and grief. Theirs was a hopeless world of sin, of injustice, of violence and evil. And the man they were going to see was their only hope. And so as they got up that morning, they're thinking there is no hope left. Every bit, every fiber of hope that they ever had was in Jesus Christ. And they just saw Him die and placed in the tomb. But now, in the quake of Jesus' resurrection, what resulted was a new formation. One of empty tomb, of angels bearing good news, of horrified-looking soldiers, 
of hearing Jesus' unmistakable voice in the morning of unbelievable joy. They were already experiencing and beginning to experience even more this brand new Terra Nova, and it must have been glorious for them. Well, I've not heard of anyone going into the ocean to see what was created by the the dramatic uh, tectonic shifting that was taking place out there, creating the uh, earthquake there in Japan. I mean, I, I haven't run across any news story of anyone going to try to find the exact epicenter and going down into the ocean or going down to, to where the earth was displaced and where everything began to move. Uh, maybe no one has thought of it. Uh, maybe no one can get to it. Maybe it's just too deep to be able to get to, to see. But this other quake, this Easter quake, is thousands of years later still on the lips of people all over the world. People who, who have experienced it. People who have found it. And they have understood it within the depths of their own souls. Its new creation has been found and it is visible for all to see. It's not too deep to find. Well, the same Terra Nova, this fresh new land of resurrection, is before our eyes as well. And it is completely ready for our discovery. Now we don't have the privilege of it being before our physical eyes in the way that the two Marys and the other witnesses who saw the risen risen Jesus did. I mean, they they were able to put their eyes on it. I've thought about that many a time. What would it be like to see someone come back from the dead? To see Jesus appearing before our very eyes? Well, we can't do that right now. But we will as these bodies give way and as we pass on to be in the very presence of our Lord. But right now, it is possible for us now to see it spiritually, to discover it beneath our feet. It begins to happen as we enter into the emotions of these women and these disciples that were there. And we can, for we we all know the sting of death and the anguish of grief in some way or another. And we know it even while we're still living, that we too live in a world where death reigns over us leaving a very unstable environment that is fraught with fault lines that are all underneath uh, our feet at times, giving out emotions and tremors and providing losses in our lives and in our community. I don't have to remind you about the effects of sin and death in our world. We see them every day. We open the newspaper. We read news online. We watch news on TV. It is just all around us. We experience it in our own lives, in our families. We know the sting and the pain of death. It can be just as easy, though, for us to enter the other emotions. I mean, it's one thing to enter into their grief and their sorrows, and that's necessary. We've been doing it for this whole season of Lent, haven't we? We've been walking with our heads a little bit lower. We have put on the, uh, the clothing of repentance and the ashes on our foreheads and all of that. It's good to know those emotions and the sufferings of Christ. But it is even better to know the emotions of Easter and resurrection, is it not? To be able to experience the joy and the beauty of these lilies. I walked in this morning and came in the front doors and uh, Betty Jane and Kyle and maybe some others brought all these in here this morning and and the the door was all closed up. The building was was closed completely. As I came in those doors and opened the, the doors into the chapel, that smell of lilies was so pungent and so powerful, it just it hit me in the face. What a glorious smell. What a glorious joy. 
And I'm thinking the same kind of emotions were there for the women as they went to the tomb and for the disciples as they experienced the risen Christ walking right up to them. And these are the emotions for us to enter this Easter day. These are the emotions they discovered as they walked up on the the terra nova of the Easter quake. The emotions of incredible joy, the kind that makes you run. We tend to forget here that they ran. As soon as they heard the news, they ran. Look in the other gospel accounts and you'll find the same thing. There's no one just kind of walking along in in a lazy kind of gait. No, they're running with the news and the joy that they have heard. As you step into the fresh soil of the empty tomb, there is the joy of discovery that the old world and the death that reigned over it has been conquered. It is the joy that the one whom you loved is not dead, but he is alive in the glory of the resurrection. It is the powerful awakening on a dark and dreary morning that God approaches you with a greeting of new life and a greeting of rejoice. I read several different translations of this to see how they would express that word for rejoice. And some of them say, good morning. Some of them say, welcome. There are all kinds of different expressions for that word in the Greek language. And I think rejoice is by far the best. Can you imagine being there and Jesus walks up to you, this Jesus whom you thought was dead, but who is now alive, walks right up to you in the midst of your sorrow and grief and says, rejoice. Rejoice the death that you saw and that you experienced with me there on the cross. It is finished. It is over. Death is nothing. Because resurrection conquers. Resurrection wins. God wins. And it is a matter of rejoicing. It is the great realization that the the powers that be and the evil of this world have been conquered. This new world, while still surrounded by the old, becomes the new foundation as we begin to realize what we now have within us, this new resurrected life that we have. And the activity in us just radiates out to other people. The terra nova is so real and so beautiful that it just can't be kept quiet. And so this leads us to another aspect of the Easter quake. You can't keep it quiet. The rumblings that we heard as uh, the choir came in and began to sing, and as we, we heard the earthquake that was taking place, those just pale in comparison to the sounds that radiate out from the Easter quake. The Easter quake shook the Marys and the disciples' life in such a powerful way that the reality of this new Terra Nova caused outward radiating shock effects. One such effect in their lives was that they couldn't keep quiet about it. The same thing was true of the disciples who found themselves still clasping the feet of Jesus as as the words of awe rolled out of their dropped jaws as they looked up at this risen Savior standing in front of them. They too would get up and they would run and they would tell. Running and telling. These are the first two aftershocks that we see here. And they are still... Uh, ringing out today, for here we are still hearing their story. I've spent much of my week running around with this story. I've thought about it just as I would get up in the morning, as I would come to work, as I would be doing other things, I would keep reading it so that it would get deeper and deeper into my soul. And here I am telling you about it. And as you hear it again today, you can't help but do the same. 
It happens when you feel the old world within you shaking and rumbling, giving way to the new reality that God brings forth from heaven into your life, creating a brand new you. You will find yourself running and telling everyone around you with all of this. And this is why we are here as a church, is it not? There's a lot of running and telling to do right here in this neighborhood. God has called us to share this story with people who are living in need of Terra Nova. If you drive around the neighborhood, as you get to know people, you will, you will understand that this neighborhood is really just like any other neighborhood. Everyone needs to know and to experience that there's something new. There is brand new life. And what we hear, what we come to know, is that so many are living without any idea of what God has for them. Resurrected life just for them. And we are providing many ways to express it and to help people move into it. And it all comes from our, heat, from our running and from our telling. From our beginning to become a part of the aftershock activity of God. And these are just two lingering aftershocks. There are more. And we will look at them in the next few Sundays. And so I invite you to keep coming back as we explore them. As we look into the lives of people like those who are on their way to Emmaus and, and the disciples who are locked up in a, in a room somewhere trying to hide away from the officials, we will look into their lives and see how they understood and received this earthquake, this Easter quake into their lives. But I also invite you, in between those Sundays, to spend your time exploring the Terra Nova that God has provided you through the resurrection of Jesus. I began this morning by asking you if you've ever been in an earthquake. But I want to end now with another question. Have you ever experienced the Easter quake? Well, God has provided it for you, even here this morning as we continue in worship. Let us go to God in prayer.